Hello and welcome to the Credit Union Overtime Podcast, produced and presented by the Credit Union Webinar Network, powered by FinEd. Today, we will have Molly Stoll with us to discuss her webinar titled Head Teller Development, Improving Teller Performance. Molly Stoll began her career as a teller while working on her undergraduate degree and has continued working in the financial industry ever since. She has experienced the growth of a hometown bank, branch mergers, charter changes, name changes, and more. Molly has activated business resumption plans, performed secondary market quality control reviews, processed wires, filed SARs, and coordinated reviews with external auditors and examiners. Her favorite role has always been educating staff and strongly believes that if staff understands the reason for a process, they will be more compelled to follow the procedures. Molly holds a bachelor's from the University of Akron and an MBA from Ashland University. So with that, Molly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to record with me today. You are welcome, Rachel. Well, today I have a few questions regarding your head teller training webinar. Um, So my first question is, in your presentation, you go over what it means to be a head teller, and you mentioned that it entails, of course, being a leader to the teller line. So what are some things that frontline staff will be looking to their head teller for? Oh, they will be looking to their head teller for, for a lot. Obviously, you are the go-to person when there are questions that come up. Also, they look to you for leadership as far as making sure that um, everyone is doing their job on on the teller line that they need to be, as well as, you know, being able to resolve conflict. That's, you know, because they want to make sure that, you know, they're working for a, a head teller that is able to keep things, you know, harmony know where everybody is working together as a team to to service those account holders to the the best of their ability. Absolutely. Okay. And I know you mentioned teller lines, they see a lot of turnover and that 28% of employees actually quit within the first 90 days of the job. What are some things that we can do as head tellers to help with employee retention? Well, the first thing is, especially in this current environment where there's help wanted signs all over, is you need to make sure that you're you establish that that welcoming feeling that as soon as they are hired, you know, even before they they come on that job that first day. So the onboarding process is so critical, and it's been a proven fact that if your new hire can feel you know welcome, part of the group you know, they're more likely to stay than if they are not socially accepted within your branch. So that onboarding process, you know, making them feel like they're a million bucks is so very critical because there's, you know, there's lots of job opportunities on every corner right now. So you want to, you know, truly, truly make them feel special. And then it just doesn't stop stop with that first day on the job, you know, touch base with them, you know, during that initial week, and then schedule some time to follow up with them to let them know that you really do care that they're that they're understanding their new job and their responsibilities. Absolutely, that makes sense. And um, kind of with regards to onboarding, I know you also mentioned you go over the four C's, which are from some onboarding guidelines um, released by SHRM. Can you tell us what those four C's are and how they can help us retain employees? Yes. Yes. So think back, well, during the webinar, we'll talk about the four C's, but the four C's are compliance, and that is making sure that your new employee understands the basic rules and policies of the organization, clarification, 
you know, making sure that they truly, truly understand what it is, you know, that they are being responsible for. They're basically their job description. Do they really know what that is? Culture, you know, making sure that they understand what is normal for your organizations. And you can accomplish that by giving them a tour, you know, describing how things things work. That That's, you know, the some details about culture. And then the fourth C is connection. And this is where that employee develops relationships with other members of the organizations and begins to feel like part of the team because we want them to be social, socially comfortable. So that those are the four C's, compliance, clarification, culture, and connection. Okay, excellent. All right, my next question, kind of switching gears here. We've got them. We've retained them. Um, now we're going to kind of talk about training. And I know that... Um, we all know that banking regulations can sometimes be a bit dry. Um, so do you have any tips on how head tellers can kind of spice up training sessions, make them a little bit more memorable to staff and help with staff comprehension? Oh, absolutely. Obviously, I, I'm in education because I, I'm doing webinars. But truly, truly, it there's so many cool things to do with training. I get it that it's going to take a little bit of time to maybe spice it up. But it really doesn't, you know, so such things as, you know, bring in an outside member or I'm sorry, bring in an outside person. You know, if you're talking about security, bring in a local law enforcement officer to talk about it. Even if you're maybe you're having issues within your branch about how to figure out a, how to process a reggae dispute, bring somebody in from a different department within your organization you know, that specializes or processes those reggae disputes. So you have a different perspective on why it is important. And then there's nothing to say that you as a head teller have to be, per se, and I'm doing the air quotes, the teacher, you know, give a subject to one of your staff members and say, hey, this next week we go over this, you know, are you willing to present, you know, Please be ready to present on this. Also, you can do case studies. There's different things such as um, one of the popular learn free learning tools right now is that the, like the college and the high school kids use. They love playing Kahoot games. And Kahoot is you know just one of the many ways that you can utilize your cell phones and play games. Um, but there's also you know there's online videos. There's also lots and lots of different materials from the CFPB that are free that you can utilize. So, you know, in our manual, we'll talk about what we have a, a longer list, but that's that's some things. But then also remember, it's always good to, you know, make, turn some common game show, you know, whether it's Jeopardy or um, um, not or Family Feud and make it interesting, you know, make it a game, put part of your teller line against the other part and see who can answer questions of fastest and reward them. It doesn't have to be with something big, just, you know, some little, some little treat, a little piece of candy, you know, bagels for a breakfast one day, you know, something like that. But yeah, so many ways to make training interesting because the whole point of training is you want your staff to be able to retain that material so that when that account holder asks them questions, they're able to better service that individual. So great question, Rachel. Thank you for that one. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now, okay, so my next one is as a leader, uh, do you have any tips uh, for how to give constructive criticism effectively to areas that need it? Yes. And I'm going to refer back to a food item. Think about the Oreo cookie. And whenever you have 
constructive feedback. You know, we none of us really like to be told what we're doing wrong. So you sort of need to cushion, cushion that blow. And what we recommend is to discuss a positive and then which would be the outside cookie and then the cream, what it is that you really want to tell them or the, the thing that they need to correct is the cream. So talk to them about that, explain the why to them, and then finish up on the backside with another positive. And remember, as you're giving this constructive feedback, you are talking and discussing about the, their performance. It's not the individual that has done something wrong. Their performance is what is not up to par. But also remember, you know, while constructive feedback is critical, also make sure that you are positively reinforcing your employees for the many, many things that they are doing right. Because more often than not, and I believe the the percentage is um, 80% of the time, employees are doing the many, many duties correctly. But it's, you know, those few things that we pick up on that they're not doing right, that we make a mountain out of a molehill about. So yes, think about the Oreo cookie sandwich, you know, the cream as the item that you need to, to correct and cover it on either side with something positive. But whenever you're giving constructive feedback, make sure that you are sincere. And that goes from the, the positive reinforcement as well. Just kind of sweeten the deal a little bit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Awesome. All righty. And um, do you have any tips on how we can limit opportunity for fraud at the at the teller line? Yes, there is this thing called the fraud triangle. In the fraud triangle, just if you can be patient with me for a moment and visualize a triangle, it has three points on the, on that triangle. And the whenever there is a fraud, typically fraud occurs because there is an opportunity which is a breakdown in internal controls. Now, fraud also has to occur, typically occurs because there is a need for that um, fraud, such as which is called pressure because there's, you know, maybe there's an addiction problem or there's medical bills. And then the employee rationalizes that, that, that fraud by saying, oh, I'm not really stealing. I'm just borrowing. I'm going to pay it back. So in their minds, it's not such a big deal. The only point on that triangle is that the institution can control is the opportunity. So if you can take away the opportunity, more than likely that fraud's not going to happen. And we take away opportunities by making sure that we have strong internal controls, you know, dual controls, you know, verifying cash transactions. But that's what you have control over, making sure that you are following your institution's policies and procedures. And if you do that, that takes away that opportunity for fraud to to happen, and that's one way that you can um, how you can absolutely reduce the possibilities for fraud to happen within your institution. So, great question. Thank you. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you for your your explanation. Um, all right. Well, certainly not uh, last, but certainly not least, I should say, um, I'd like to take last few minutes of the podcast to allow our listeners a chance to get to know our speakers a little bit better. So Molly, um, could you give us just a little brief overview of what Broad Consulting does? And I was also curious, um, what got you into the financial industry in the first place? Absolutely, Rachel. I'll start with myself. Why am I involved in the financial industry? Well, when I was way back in the day, um, being on the teller line was my job while I was a college student. And when I graduated with my degree, which I'm supposed to be a high school English business teacher, and obviously I'm not doing that, but I am still teaching. 
Um, the opportunity, there was not a lot of teaching jobs available in our area. So the opportunity was given to me to go into the financial, you know, to begin a, on a full-time basis with the company that I was working with. And, you know, that's the way I, I went. Now, unfortunately, there's been lots of mer mergers and acquisitions and different things that have happened along the way. Um, but I've always enjoyed working in, in the financial institution. So that's that's how I ended up where I am. And um, I've been working for Broke Consulting for over five years now. And I, I love it because it gives us a chance to train um, bankers on all sorts of consumer compliance regulations. We train at state associations. We've also conducted training um, at you know, in, at individual financial institutions for their board, for, you know, an all an, an employee meeting um, on some of those, those holidays. So we do customized training. We also conduct consumer compliance reviews as part of the compliance management system. And then we are also available for consulting because unfortunately, consumer compliance can be challenging. And we do our very best to make consumer compliance as easy as possible for, for our, our customers by providing them lots of tools and customized training to aid in their employees and to document and to get that compliance um, requirements accurate. So that's a little bit about what we do and why I've always been involved in the financial industry. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for that, Molly. I'm I'm really glad you still got, get to continue to practice your your teaching that, you know, you got your degree in and everything. We certainly appreciate it over here anyways. Yeah. Yep. Um, but awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Molly, for taking the time to record with me today. Um, I appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of your night or day. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Rachel. And you too. And thank you to all of the listeners for taking time to join this podcast today. Thank you for listening into this interview with Molly Stoll on her Head Teller Development webinar. You can access and purchase Molly's full webinar, Head Teller Development, Improving Teller Performance, at our website using the link in our show notes. You can also visit us at cuwebtraining.com. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook on the Credit Union Webinar Network pages. Before I sign off, I would like to thank all of our state association partners, our topic experts, and you, the listeners. Thank you for all that you do to support your members.